0: Welcome to Do a Blessing, CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. God is faithful, I and mean, you know. Um, Like I said, I'll just start from where we started, where, where, where we picked up from. You know, when we said that as God will have it, you know, I, I, these are things that I too normally go back and say, ah, you know, how I wish I, I had the opportunity to, you know, I was, I was just preparing my notes for and, you know, I, and I, I saw the slides from last year. Like I said, you know, the topic was capacity for 2020. And truly, we did not know that we needed capacity for for 2020. We thank God for providing capacity. For every one of us. When the pandemic started, we started to have um, a prayer group and you know, we we started off very, you know, as God gave us grace on a daily basis, then, you know, the way we, you know, and later God said, this is going to be a long run it's going to be a long run he said it's going to be back. that's what he said then i saw june or so he said but i promise you that he said don't be afraid none of you will go you will not lose anyone and by july you know when you're praying and you're still praying every day I'd say, this. I know there's a second way of coming down the line. <laughs> you know, you God. <laughs> Is this prayer? I not get that? I don't, we don't, we don't understand what's going on. And I think towards, you don't know, right, write, towards September or so, we said, it will turn around and the dimensions will change towards the end of the year. But he said, I want you to keep on the altar of prayer and keep praying. And when he now said, towards the end of the year, I was like, okay, God, when will this prayer altar end? <laughs> and I said, because of the things I had, I want that prayer altar to remain at least for the foreseeable future, for the next three years. So on a daily basis, you are, you are to meet with me on this altar of prayer. And it's interesting how God has been guiding us on the altar of prayer. When Italy was going to go belly up, he said, look at Europe. I won't start praying towards that area. What I'm saying is that God is faithful. It is challenging and to say that you know, people have gone. It is not that they were wrong. It is, we are just here for his faith because of his grace. And I'm saying this also to just say to us please, Eve, you know, if you have anyone that is having a challenge health-wise, or things like that, we'll keep praying and just let us know. We'll keep praying. Because one of things said, God if you have to tell us to keep here for three years, then you, know, you have to get things done for us also. And God has been faithful. So. That is where we are, even as we proceed, as a nation and as a world. You know, I was saying to some people, some I said when we were talking, I said, I said, it's not churches that that are closing now. Christians will start to close up because people may start to lose their faith. It will be a harvest time for the body of Christ, I believe, in the new year. But if you look at every time when there is genuine harvest in the body in the body of Christ from inception, there is always persecution that arises with it. So God will help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to be a good year, don't worry. It's going to be a good year, by God's grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's going to be a good year. The Bible says that a thousand will fall on my right and ten thousand will be saved. We said, but you will not come near us. God will grant us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know, please. I just it's just a topic that's been come to mind and tell what God is saying. The topic is planted. Planted. The strength of a tree is in its root. If a tree is not well connected, when wind comes, it will carry it. Do you know the dangerous thing is that The taller the tree, the more it needs to be well rooted if it's not well rooted, it will be a disaster not only for the tree but for those around why, why? because of the of the or how tall that tree is. And I believe that you know, one thing that God is, you know, we, what we we just keep looking at in the new year is is to deepen, is to is to ensure that your root is deepened in into Christ. It's deep into Christ. And I go away quickly from that area and come back to it, but please just follow me. I know we have we are looking at our times, amen. Anyway, it's seven minutes to Brexit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So for those who would living or leave, we are all together. God bless us all in Jesus' name. Um I'm just gonna just start just just start quickly some scriptures as we get that to pray. Psalm eight verse two. The Bible says true praise of the children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. So the Bible divides these enemies into two. The King James will probably say the enemy and the avenger. Now, there is a difference in an enemy and an avenger, an enemy is somebody who knows of a situation that doesn't just you know, just wants to get in the way. The avenger is somebody that you have genuinely done a situation that you have gained somebody that you have genuinely offended. You would see the young, um, the the new. American standard puts it well. The Avenger, he calls it. He calls it the revengeful. So there is the enemy, and there is a revengeful one. So the revengeful one is the one you genuinely did something wrong. And. In those two dimensions, you have Satan well-seated. He is an enemy, and he's also the one that is revengeful. Basically, you know, you, this person messed up here. And the Bible says that out of the mouth of babes, you have ordained strangers. Uh, you, you, if, when you read, sorry, the, the, the NIV, the NIV puts it that way because the NIV is speaking from what Jesus said. But NIV, let's go back to the NIV. It says through the true praise of the children and infants. Now we said you are that is the way you would you would silence both the foe and the avenger. So, the question is, what is praise? What is, what praise? is praise? See, one of the things about praise is that when you are praising somebody, you are praising them for what they have done. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise, is, praise also involves Speaking loud about what somebody has done, celebrating someone based on what they have done. Please follow me; we we'll get to somewhere with this. So that means that there are times that God will expect you to give in praise. Now, praise is not only. Please note that praise, when you are giving God praise you are, you are, he's also saying, you can also say it's being thankful. It is about what he has done. Because you know when you thank him for what he has done he would do more than what he has done before. Do we get to that point? Now one thing I would like you to understand Is that what God has done? Is only there are things that He has done that at times we are not conscious about when it comes to praise. Part of what He has done, and we'll begin to see how people would, how people choose scriptures, will use based on what God has done to overcome what may come before them. As an example, somebody is falling sick. Praise could also be said to be, by your stripes I am healed. That is what he has done. To you say? said, devil, you have no place in my life because by his stripes I am evil. That is what he has done. I am trying to take praise alone away from God provided food for me yesterday to begin to look into the world and find out what he has done. And that will be a weapon for you even as you proceed. Does this make sense to us? Let's look at someone in the Bible David. When David met Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20, 26. It says that and, and David spoke to the man who was standing by him, saying, What is done to the man who smits this Philistine and had turned aside the reproach of the people of Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Please not two words, David Eustace. One, he said, this man is uncircumcised. And he's also trying to bring reproach to to God's people. At that point in time, David was not just saying wonderful words. David was actually picking from scriptures to address that particular situation. Where did he pick that scripture from? It was the covenant that God made with Joshua in Joshua chapter five, verse eight and nine. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when all the nation had completed to be circumcised, that they abide there that, that, they, that they abide in their places in a camp till recovery. And Jehovah said to Joshua, Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt, of you. Basically, look at the two words in there. You have circumcised and reproached. So God said, because you have circumcised yourself, I have removed this reproach." So when David was going to see Goliath, what did he say? This man is uncircumcised and is trying to bring back the reproach. Does that make sense? So when David was speaking, he wasn't just speaking out of, he was actually relying on what God has done. What he has said to address the current issue. God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll give you another example. Elijah. Elijah, sorry. First Kings chapter 17. This is a scripture that we know. By. First Kings chapter 17. And the Bible says, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbet in Gilead. I'm sorry, Gilead, said to her, as the Lord lives the God of Israel leaves, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. If we read verse 2, the Bible says then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. That means that what Elijah said, the stand he took was not that God spoke. Elijah said this is what is going to happen. After that, then God spoke to him. So the question is, when Elijah wanted to, as it were, silence and and where did he pick? What gave him the God to speak verse 1? Where did that word come from? Says that Elijah, when the Bible says that Elijah was, you know, he prayed that he would not rain and he did not rain in James chapter 5, verse 17. But let's quickly go to Deuteronomy the, chapter 17. Sorry, chapter 11, verse 17. Now, in this time, what was happening? Israel was worshipping an idol. This is where Elijah quoted the scriptures from. This is what what he was saying, this is what informed it. The Bible says, then the Lord's anger will boil against you. It will shut up the heavens. So when it will shut up the heavens, so that it will not rain on the ground and yield no produce. And you will soon perish from the good of the land he has given you. If you go to sorry, we don't have it up. I'm sorry about that, but. Verse 16 was saying that when you turn your heart and you begin to worship other gods, so what will God do? He will shut up the heavens so that rain will not fall. So when Elijah was speaking, Elijah was saying, "God, this is what you have said you will do. These people are already misbehaving, so shut the heavens." So Elijah did not just stand up and start to speak. Does this make sense to us? Then why did they how where did the like find the story of, of reopening heaven afterwards? Second Chronicles chapter seven, from verse thirteen to fourteen, it says, "When you shut up the heavens, so that there will be no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send plague among the people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray." and seek my face, and turn away from their wickedness, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. So basically, what the Bible is saying is that God is saying, you know what, if they can turn around, I will reverse it. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to point out to us is when Elijah came to the point of challenge, he relied on what God has said before in the scriptures, it wasn't just talking. It wasn't just talking. We are talking about, as we are looking from that verse eight, so it's Psalm eight, is that you silence the enemy by praise. And what we are talking about praise is that praise means that you you are speaking about what God has done about his faithfulness. And that is how you silence the heaven. That is how you silence the heaven. Just going to just share a couple of things with us also. Revelation chapter 12. This is a, a popular scripture that we we know. Revelation chapter 12, from verse 10 to 12. The Bible says, Then a loud voice in heaven, or uh, then, then, uh, then a loud voice in heaven say, now, now have come down the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. And the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of your brethren and sisters. Who accuse them day and night before God. Is holding down. Then verse 11 says. They triumphed over him. By the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. They were able to defeat him by the blood of the lamb and their testimony. Before we quickly go and say, I, I believe testimony is also part of sharing good things about what God has done for you. That is definitely part of it. But when we begin to see, um, when we begin to see, I'm just going to please, I don't do this quite often, but it's just something that I just want to just share with us so that we can see a little bit deeper. Let's go to, now you can see this, what I'm about to show you now is not, it's not complicated. If you go to Bible Hub, scroll down, you will see it in there. Let's go, please just, relax. now I don't know if we can see this. Now this is like, you know, Your Old Testament was written in Hebrew and your New Testament was written in Greek. Are we together? Amen. So he's saying that. Let's go to testimony. He said testimony is like a witness, evidence, testimony. And you know, the Bible says from a matter of. So basically, somebody who is saying, who is ready to. who is ready to stand for God even though it may cost them their life? So that testimony is not, that is why when you read further in that Revelation, please go back up, in, in, in that Revelation chapter 12, he says, Therefore rejoice you, heavens, and you, those who do well in the world, and things like that. Let's, let's go, please, let's go to verse 11, please. The Bible says that. They triumphed over by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. If you read it down, it says, they did not love their lives. So this testimony is not just a testimony of, I woke up yesterday. It's a testimony to say that, I would testify about Christ. Irrespective of the consequences. The Bible says that is the kind of testimony or praise that will silence the enemy. The testimony to be bold about Christ is what will silence the enemy. That's when the Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It's not only it is great to say that Jesus bought me a car yesterday, that is wonderful. But when you come to fighting and shutting down the enemy, it is about what Christ has done and what he has achieved. Does this make sense? Also? Now when we'll you just go to the next slide, I'm just going to just show you something. If you look at it, look at the same explanations of what they're giving here in the Greek and witness. Now, this witness is from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he said that you shall be witnesses for me. He said you shall receive power and you shall become witness for me. So, the same witness that you are witnessing for Christ is what the Bible is saying they will overcome by their testimony. So the testimony is not only that, ah. No, so basically what we are talking about today, let's just bring this to Is that as you begin the way to shut the devil down in your life, one of the ways is to keep testifying about who Christ is. The more you testify even before the devil and say, see, this is what he did. He died on the cross for me. He took my grief. He took, he took my pain. He took my sickness. What you do is that you shut the enemy down. I'm saying this because certain things may be, crook, may be cropping up in the new year. And if you do not know how to shut it down, By talking about what Christ had done. That is why that revelation was bringing us into a picture. It did not say that their testimony and gifts, it said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. So the blood of the Lamb is is the blood of sacrifice of Christ. And the testimony is basically saying this is the blood but this is what this blood means to me. Are we together? God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Now when we look at this together, the blood of the Lamb and, and the testimony these are two things that, they, that a priest would do. Aaron, when they do, what they do is that they go and sacrifice the blood, the animal, and when they come back, they pronounce the blessings. So the Bible says, said to us in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Therefore, it says, only brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. So what he's saying is that as I stand to proclaim Christ, my high priest is working together with me. As I declare the faithfulness of of Christ, I am not alone. My high priest is speaking along with me. I'll give you a testimony of somebody, a pastor, who said he went. He was invited to an hospital. He was invited to. to so um, sorry, I thought that was up. That's put chapter 3, verse 1. But he, he, the man was invited to, to the hospital, oh, no. and when he got there, the boy was, or the man was almost dead, he was near death anyway. But they have called the family in, just come and say goodbye to him, and when he got there. He laid the hands, his hands on the child, on the, on the on the man, and he prayed. And when he got out, the family said, What did God say? And he said, God said Mark 16, 18. He has said, he has spoken before. I don't you don't need to know what God is saying because he has spoken. What does Mark 16-18 say? He said you shall lay your hands on the seat. And you recover. He kept on that way. People were saying, Are you sure this is, this man, this man, what is God actually telling you? I said, That's all God told me. Did you hear God now? No. Because he has spoken already. I don't need to find out if he is interested in telling me something now, he would. But if he's not interested in saying anything to me, he has already spoken already. So what happened was that the guy, the, the man later died, and he came to tell him out of he was praying. Sorry, the boy is dead. Uh, he said, that's that's his operation. He said, Well, okay. So, but he said, but you said that this is well I just this is the Bible. And that is what God says. The next day, they called him that the boy resurrected. He was holding on, pulling out of what Christ had done. And as a result, the high priest began to partner with him as he spoke. Let me just give an illustration. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 14, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Now the Bible says, seeing that we have a great High Priest who has passed through heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firm to our confessions." What does the Bible call us, please? The Bible calls us a royal priesthood. So that means we are all priests. Forget that you're not the pastor. The Bible says we are all priests. Do we agree to that point? Now, in the Old Testament, when you have the outer court, the inner court, and the Holys of Buddhists, So who goes to the holies of holies? Stand before God. The high priest. Where are the priests? They are behind him. So as they are offering sacrifice, the high priest is also doing his own at the same time. Does this make sense? The more they are, they are it's as if the high priest is here doing his own worship before God. And the priests are also behind the curtain, carrying on their own service. Because as the high priest is worshiping, they are also going; they are also doing the same. So, as Jesus is our high priest, it is our responsibility to remain in service with Him. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why the Bible says to us in Matthew 18, verse 18 to 19, He said, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Basically, what the Bible is saying is that we are walking in partnership with God. As you declare his faithfulness on earth, he is confirming it in heaven. As you walk through 2021, please hold on to your faith. Know that you are not alone. As you declare his word on earth, Heaven is confirming it on your behalf. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. But as we look at the ability to let, let me just also say here. In the same vein of what Jesus said, when we go to Matthew 13, I will draw this to a close. He says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I would also acknowledge in heaven. But who also ever disowns me, I will so also disown them. So it is not only confirming what God is. Let's put this way: God confirms everything you do, either positive or negative. He said, "If you confess me before men, I will confess you. If you deny me, I would also deny." So, how does all this come to the point of being established, of being rooted? Because, according to Jesus, a tree that does not bear fruit would be Mm -hmm. uprooted. The, the opportunity, the, the only way to remain standing in Christ is that you and I are committed to bearing fruit. And how do we bear fruit? By ensuring that we confess, we proclaim who Jesus is. In this time when people are looking for answers, this is not the time for a Christian to be quiet. In the time when somebody is calling you and saying, you know, I am worried about this, this is not the time to say, you know, have you, have you, you know, don't worry, just go and take some baths, you'll be okay. notes as we read this John chapter 15. John chapter 15 verse 1 to 5 said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine vine present. Every branch in me, so the branch is already there, that does not pierce it, will be taken away. For those who say that, you know, all these, um, um, ideology of theology of one saved, never save, Jesus said, every branch in me, so that branch is already there. He said, but if that branch will not bear fruit, I'll put it out. In the year coming, please commit yourself to say I am going to bear fruit this year. The only way to remain grounded in Christ is continually bearing fruit. That's why he said, he said, he said every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it can keep bearing fruit. So there is no two ways in remaining established in God, except I choose to bear fruit. You may ask what is fruit when you go to a mango tree and you pick the fruit what is the potential of that fruit the potential of that fruit is to create another mango tree the only place where you get mango tree is from the fruit. So when God is saying, "I am looking for fruit," it is not only the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit that will hang up. You will also you also create or bring back to another Christian like you. So he said, "When I cannot see somebody who is committed to that course, then I rather." take it away than just to allow it. See, there are some prayers that I have, I have God has helped, or you know, God has been helping us to pray, but at times, there are times when I pray some prayers and God says, you know, if you bear fruit, you, wouldn't, you don't need to do it. People pray the prayer. God, let my light keep shining. Yes, Daniel says, if a man calls people to righteousness, his lights are shining. As we draw close. Solomon prayed one prayer before God. Please let me be effective for you. And God said, Because you have not asked me anything else, but you have sought the good of your people, He said, Whatever it is that He said, said I would give you. He said, I would, wisdom, riches, I will hand it to you. why Why? because he was asking that god if you read the 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 uh, the passage he was saying god you have called me to become king how am i going to be effective that is the summary of the spread god you have called me to be a christian how am i going to be fruitful i know that this may not necessarily sound um, deep spiritual stuff. But one thing I have read I believe one thing that this is the time for the body of Christ to arise. If the Bible is true and because the Bible is true, this is the time for the body of Christ to arise. The Bible says in Isaiah, there shall be deep, deep darkness. It said, Arise, the way ready. is arise and shine, for your light has come. There shall be darkness upon the heart. Do you know what is called darkness? Darkness is when you are in darkness, means that you don't know the way out of your place. Darkness means that you are confused you don't know you, you know you are trying to pick up something but you can't pick it up but when a man is alive they know where the answers are i guarantee you if you want follow the news if the government is just trying nobody knows what will turn up next So, when is the better time for the church to arise? I am not here to know somebody was saying the last financial uh, meltdown. Somebody was saying to me somebody said, you know, ah, um, that the world is rich and you know, and part of the suffering for Christ is not to be able to be, you know, to have access to wealth and all this kind of stuff. So when the crisis hit and the world was losing money, I said to the president, I said, "Okay, we can't be on the same side. So they are making money, we are losing money because we are serving Jesus. Now that they are losing money, there's something must be happening. You know, we cannot just be in the same side. Does that make sense? Please, in the new year." commit yourself to having an impact in this nation for Christ. There is no better time for a Christian to arise than a If and for the Bible is true, this is the time Don't want to sound controversial, but, you know, it's just what I've told somebody. Please, I am not here saying either way. I said, rather than shouting and talking, the vaccine is bad. It nine six six six. I said, if you pray, if the church were to really arise, the church was really supposed to arise like the days of Elijah and that pandemic stops. Nobody will need vaccines. It's as simple as that. But if you not if you not provide somebody solutions, then what is the debate about? That's my whole little understanding. Do you think that when the church if the church VD really arises and faces this? Nobody will say you should not gather. If you say that, ah, oh, we want to gather freely, yes, but provide me a solution. Most of what we are saying sad is because people are not sitting in government. It is easy to stop from the sidelines because you're not the one you're not the one on the seat. But do you know what Joseph did in his days? He helped the failure to solve his problems. And that is what I hope the body of Christ will arise If there is a problem, rise to it. Wherever you are, I'm not going to the problem of the nation or within your environment. Determine to make an impact for God. And see if you will not honour His work. The only way to remain relevant in the sight of God is to be productive. Do you know that in the I have showed this over and over again to us, but when you look at the temple, the whole the whole Testament temple, the tabernacle. Do you know that there is no chair there? There is only one chair. In Tabanabana. That is the mercy seat. That is where God himself sits. So what does that mean? As far as God is concerned, you are supposed to be standing and walking. Doing something. There is no seat. Except if you are sitting in the Tabanabana, then <laughs> They are only sitting somewhere. Where God said, There's somebody standing that should not be standing. Commit yourself in the new year. I beg you by the mercies of God to make an impact. And you will see how great we can achieve as a nation, or as a people. May God grant us grace. In the new year, may we not lose focus. In the name of Jesus Christ. The God that has promised us that no, no one will be lost. In the name of Jesus Christ. None of us will be lost. In the name of Jesus Christ. So as we go into our prayers, (laughs) this is just, you know, I would say that it is symbolic. I got a message from Nigeria saying that while we pray for the crossover, people should pray with a candle. Let me explain to you the symbolism of it. God is not a candle. It is a symbol of something. And what they said, which is quite the same, is I pray that your light will not be snuffed off in 2021. Please, we are not lighting kind of Him. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I think the most serious thing is this. See, when God is coming from different angles, He's exactly saying the same thing. When a Christian's light is snuffed off, it may be alive, but his faith is gone. So as we are praying, all oh, you are just going to, as we are praying, please, Like I said, it is just a symbol to say, as you pray, Father, may my light not be snuffed off. May I not lose my faith. As a Christian, may I not lose my faith.